Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my beautiful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today, guys, we are so excited. We have the co-founder and CEO of Wander Beauty joining us on the podcast, and her name is Divya Gugnani. Welcome, Divya. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being here. So for those of you who... um are familiar with this brand. This is a huge, huge brand um, popping up everywhere. I was just telling her before we started the call that I was customizing my FabFitFun box for the fall. And there they were. They popped up in my um, customization. So I'm going to be getting some Wander Beauty products in my house really soon. And I know a lot of you have been seeing them show up you know, on social media and in some of these subscription boxes. So Divya, tell us a little bit about the business. So um, you're a co-founder, you're the CEO. How did you come up with the concept of, of Wander Beauty and start a cosmetic line? So what's really interesting is that this came out of personal pain points for both Lindsay and myself, my Lindsay, my co-founder. So if you think about my life, I always loved beauty. I've loved beauty since I was a kid. My mom used to make face masks out of everything in the kitchen. She used to put like raw organic milk on my face. Um, and the lactic acid used to help with like acne scars when I was a teenager. Um, and she was like ahead of her time with like kitchen beauty. And that really sparked my interest. And I'm also like gone to culinary school and love to create and make things. But my career mostly was in finance, investment banking, private equity, venture capital. I worked a lot in terms of startups and like the startup tech scene. And I started a series of businesses, three different companies, sold two of them, have really had a lot of experience like finding the white space in the market, starting a company, building it, growing it, and eventually selling it. So you would think that by the third time I was done. Um, and I actually had two children during that time within two years. So I started a company called Send the Trend in 2010, raised money for it. 11 months later, sold it to QVC, worked at QVC for two and a half years, had two children during that time. And really what was so complicated was my beauty routine. It was just difficult. Like I now felt exhausted because having two children within two years is freaking exhausting. I looked exhausted. Um, I wasn't taking care of my skin the way I used to when I had more personal time. Everything became work and family and work and family. And there was the me time element of my life just kind of disappeared. And I'd get up in the morning, I'd take the F train subway on my way to work and I'd be putting on under eye concealer because I need to look like 25% better than I did when I left the house. And when I was on the train, I looked around and I saw that so many people were doing their beauty routine, what I call beyond the bathroom. So this concept of beauty beyond the bathroom, beauty in motion, beauty where we live, work, and play. Those are all kind of phrases that we use to describe wander that we've actually trademarked because that's really like what we're about. It's this moment where you're seeing people like putting on makeup in the back of an Uber, 
doing their skincare routine at the gym, doing their hair at their desk at work. The modern woman today is more time-starved, busy, and active than ever before. She's doing beauty beyond the bathroom, and yet there's no brand that actually makes that easier for her. Every brand is telling her she needs 100 products, she needs 20 steps for her skin, 10 steps for her hair, 10 steps for her you know, makeup, and like, I don't have time for that. I don't know about you guys, but like, I just don't have that kind of time. And with my life today, I don't have the ability to carry a bunch of powders and brushes. And like, I just like looked at my beauty bag. It was like a hot mess. Everything's broken and disgusting and like nasty. And I was like, I need a beauty brand that suits my life, that helps me live my life more fully, that saves me time, that saves me space, that saves me money, that actually adds value in my life and like makes my life easier. And I was like, there's no beauty brand that's speaking to me. And I'm this like time-starved woman on the go. And so when we, Lindsay and I surveyed hundred women, we saw a lot of these common themes. And so that's really how we created Wander. It really came out of this pain point of we're living our lives on planes, trains, and automobiles. And we know so many other women are doing the same thing, whether they're traveling for work or for pleasure or they're getting ready at their desk at work, um, or they're you know, moms and they're living their mom life where they're driving every day and they are commuting and doing their beauty routine in the car. So this concept of beauty in motion and beauty beyond the bathroom is really what makes Wander. And that's why we created Wander to actually address this really dying need of so many women out there. And what we really created is fewer, better beauty essentials, things that really do save you time, save you space. Amazing. So you're a partnership then, and um, people find Mina and myself, our partnership, interesting, right? Because we are, we call each other biz besties. It's actually how we started. We were friends that really bonded over business. And then we moved into kind of the same idea where we were like, well, there's something missing in this, in this marketplace. Let's call it a podcast for people making products. It was all service information. So together, we really enjoy each other. And then we started this business. So tell me about Lindsay. How did you guys meet? Were you friends before? Was it a business uh, introduction? How did the partnership start? It's really funny because I had just had a baby. I was losing my mind at home with my two-year-old. Basically, like he regressed from body training. was basically like peeing all over the house. Like it was just a nightmare. Like he was like totally fine. And then I had a baby and I brought the baby home and he just decided to go nuts. So he was adjusting. I had a newborn. I was nursing. And essentially what I need to do is get the hell out of the house. So I went to a party and I went to this party for a salon opening on Park Avenue. And I met Lindsay at the party. And I was like, I just had two kids. Like I have two kids. I'm going sort of crazy. I'm working and I'm obsessed with beauty. And I think I kind of want to start another company. And my husband told me that he wants to kill me because he's like, please don't start another company. Like you've done this three times before. Like I've been an entrepreneurial widow for our whole relationship. And that's literally what he calls it, like an entrepreneurial widow. And so he's like, please just like be a normal person and like have a normal job for once in your life. Like that's all I ask of you. And of course I could not deliver that. So I meet Lindsay and I'm just like, will you come to my house, like hang out with me? I'm like, I'm kind of thinking about the stuff. I just like met her at the party. We just like bonded over our love of beauty. And some like mutual friend introduced us. We're chatting. I like got her email and I'm like, asked her out on a date, like sent her an email. I was like, hey, like will you come over to my house? By the way, I'm nursing and like, I can't leave my house. And so she was like, sure, I'll come. And so she came and we sat on my couch and I was just kind of talking to her about what I saw the opportunity was. And she was like, Oh my God, like I'm in your shoes. Like she's like, I'm 
a model. I'm always on planes, trains, and automobiles. Like I'm traveling all the time. And like, I have to keep my skin like looking as good as possible because I'm also like on set and wearing 20 layers of makeup. And like, it freaks me out like crazy. And so she's like, this is what I do when I travel. And like, these are all my travel hacks for beauty. And this is what I care about. And I care about clean beauty. And like, I care about clean beauty. I have autoimmune disease and I've been through this whole journey of like reacting to everything. So we really just talked about our lives more than anything. And there were so many similarities, although we were in totally different walks of life. Like she was high powered modeling career. I'm like mom working slash trying to keep my life together slash entrepreneur. And we had so many of the same pain points. And so we knew this just wasn't us. There was, this was a bigger problem out there and we really as entrepreneurs needed to solve it. And that's what we kind of huddled around. We huddled around this mission that we were going to solve together. And we are truly like you guys just described, like, you know, business besties, like we work well together because we are totally different people. Like we, our partnership works because I'm like, finance, operations, like know how to structure a team and like grow and scale companies. And like, she's creative beyond belief. Like she takes a killer picture. She's amazing at all visuals. Like she owns the aesthetic for our Instagram. Like her brain and my brain were meant to be together. I love that so much. Um, so when, when was that? Give us a little bit of a timeline on that. So that was 2014 when I had my daughter, Anissa. Um, and we were just talking and then I was working at QVC and I was like, okay, well, like, I think we should do this. And she's like, okay, fine. Like, let's do this. This is amazing. And I think at the time that she was doing some stuff in jewelry. Um, and then I was like, okay, great. And then we just talked. We were like, decided to do some research and think and do a lot of market research and start working on formulating. So we didn't actually launch Wander Beauty until May, 2015. So we really took our time. Like we didn't want to rush. We didn't want to like launch a whole collection. Like you guys obviously on this podcast talk a lot about product and I had a very strong product philosophy. I think do less is more and do few things and do them well. So like when we launched product, we launched one product. We launched the On The Glow Blush and Illuminator. It's a double-sided stick. It's cream. It's easy to travel with. It's a multitasking beauty essential. One side is lip and cheek. The other side's like a nude glow illuminator. You can use this on your eyes, your face, your cheeks, your lips, your body. We created a video that showed you that you could use it 20 different ways. And that's it. We made one thing. We're like, we're not creating, we're not raising venture money and launching 25 SKUs. Because that to me is manufacturing a brand. And I don't manufacture brands. Like, I feel like you need an authentic point of view and story and mission as an entrepreneur as to why you're doing what you're doing and you need to be true to that mission. So I was like, if I'm telling women they need less is more and they want free, foolproof, do-it-yourself beauty, then I need to make one thing that makes that actually come to life. And so we created one on the Glow Blush Illuminator for that reason and we won an Allure Best Beauty Award for it, which is amazing. And just focusing on one thing and getting it so right, I think was our philosophy from day one. Thank you for saying that. I mean, we often tell t- people to go deep, not wide. So sometimes when people yeah. are starting the, their lines, they throw a bunch of things at the wall and think, if I just make all the things, I'll find customers somewhere, right? Yeah. And, and I disagree. I find it so confusing. So if I actually went and said, okay, I'm a seasoned entrepreneur. I started companies before. It's not hard for me to raise money. Let me go out and raise money. I'm like, I could have raised money. I could have launched a bunch of SKUs. Like I could have thrown things in people's faces. Like my whole thing is that 
that's not authentic to me. And that's not real as to who I am as an entrepreneur. And I feel very strongly that because we had such a mission and purpose with our first launch, it made the brand story of Wander Beauty, Fewer Better Beauty Essentials come to life. This was a multitasker. It's fewer things that do more. You don't need a blush in your bag. You don't need a lipstick in your bag. You don't need a cream eyeshadow. You don't need a highlighter. You're getting one thing that does it all. And so bringing that to life with video and digital content and owning that story and putting in the context of the back of a cab at your desk at work at, you know, on a weekend away when you're traveling, like just having that come to life in one product was so important to us. Like, because when you launch a collection, you know, an editor's talking about one product and an influencer's talking about another and your customers are talking about a third and you're getting reviews on a fourth. Like, it's just so disconcerted to me. And I just think having a cohesive launch strategy around one thing made so much sense for me. So you, like you said, you're a serial entrepreneur. And so for the time that you've been launching what you've been doing, social media has changed drastically, right? Like even in the last six months, you know, major things have changed. So how did you, so since your brand launched in 2015, we were on Instagram, maybe not as crazy, but what, so you said you got the Allure Beauty Award. Did you guys hire a, a publicist? Was it through connections? Like what was your, how did you get that this brand is, awareness? This is the irony of everything. We don't have a PR agency. Okay. And we have not had one. And we had um, someone at the very beginning launch um, during our launch time that we brought on as a freelancer. And the reality is like, I wouldn't even do that if I were to redo everything. I really feel strongly that we are very focused on owning our own story and building human connections. And so that means building connections with our clients and our consumers and understanding what they want and need from us. That means having a direct customer interface with them and really prioritizing and focusing on our direct-to-consumer business where we have that direct connection with the consumer. That means also editor relationships, celebrities, like... I'm like in our DMs when like we have celebrities who shall remain nameless who DM us and are like, I'm traveling on location for this movie. Like, please send me this. And it's like, we talk to them direct directly. Like, so I have been known to go to a few parties and directly approach people and want to send them things. I have, I am guilty of doing that. Um, I have pitched people and emailed people Um, When I first launched, I emailed tons of beauty editors. I knew some of them. I didn't know some of them. I was like, I launched this brand. This is what I'm doing. This is why it's different. Like, I would love to meet with you. And if you don't want to meet with me, like, here's my product. I want to send it to you. Like, I just, like, we hustled. Like, Lindsay hustled. I hustled. She had hairstylists she worked with on set. We gave them um, baggage time. They put it on the celebrities. Like, we just, it was all building direct relationships. Like, we did not have a public relations agency being paid $20,000 a month to get you in front of people. Like that's just not what we did. And for us, I think it was, it was authentic. It was real. And it was what our brand really is. So it made sense for us. And now we handle all relationships with the media and influencers directly in-house with our in-house team. For Fun. So did that just become a recent relationship or how did you guys get that relationship? Was it from the hustling that you were just talking about? It's all about the hustle. And what's so interesting about FabFitFun is like FabFitFun took us forever. Like <laughs> I was talking to FabFitFun over a year ago, like maybe maybe longer. Okay, let's, maybe longer. <laughs> like it was 
you know, I love Fabitha. I thought it was really interesting. I love what they were doing on social. I love how they were partnering with influencers and celebrities. I thought it was really like clever and their strategy of like the value proposition, the box is very interesting. And we, um, I feel like they reached out to us and then we cultivated a relationship over a very long period of time in which we talked about various options to work together. And now we're finally working with them, but it was a long time in the making. I cannot say that it happened instantly. I cannot say that it was quick. There's a lot of like compliance and regulatory and like stuff that goes into building that. And also the quantities are very large. And so it's an amazing opportunity for us. And we're really excited to partner with them. I then later on realized and got connected by a friend to one of the co-founders there and it turns out I knew the co-founders there and I totally forgot that I actually knew them from so many years ago. And so we got reconnected and it's been in a really great kind of partnership and opportunity to grow with them. That's so but awesome. we really ended up getting all the business without me ever realizing that I actually knew the co-founders. <laughs> yes. Okay. Until you were actually at that level where you were one-on-one with them, right? Yeah, until we actually literally already had a PL then realized that, oh, by the way, someone connected to me, one of the co-founders, and I didn't, like, she got married and her name changed. Like, I didn't, like, it didn't register for me. And then we had a call, and she's like, didn't you write a book, like, forever ago in, like, 2008? And, like, wasn't it published by HarperCollins? And, like, I wrote an article about it. I was like, oh, my God, you interviewed me for my book, like, in 2008. It was, like, 11 years ago. And she's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, we know each other. It was, <laughs> it was just bizarre. Um, so that had no influence over us actually ending up working with them, but it was nice to make that connection later. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the other co-founders too. So you are, you live, you're in New York city. You are, your partner is a model. You guys have connections. So what would you say to those of our listeners that are in smaller towns across, you know, actually globally, yeah. but the smaller towns, because I think one thing I would say from what you're saying is just call on the people you know. So whether it's within your community, your friends, you might've gone to college with people that live in another state, but what would you suggest to people that aren't as tapped into groups of people that might have more influence than others? I was not tapped into anything. I was born in Springfield, Illinois. My dad came here from India and came here for college. Like I really just feel like, you know, I had no connections to get into college. I had no connections to get into business school. I got in everywhere on my own merit. I worked like a dog. I came in early. I left late. I did the best job I could. And I built and invested in relationships with people. And from the first job I ever had when I graduated college. And I think that's the best advice I can give is like, you know, the community around you, the people around you, the people at your job, you never know where they're going to go, what they're going to do, invest in building relationships and learn and don't be embarrassed and afraid to reach out to people. Like that is how I built my entire network. I had no network. And so it was built by one person at a time, one person introducing and like be a connector do things for others and pay it forward. And that's how I feel like I've built a network of people that have really helped and supported me. And I'm, that is an ever evolving network. I'm still learning and building and growing from it. And I think that also be appropriate in your ask. I think that you can be very polite and mindful and like thoughtful about reaching out to people and not being too aggressive and not, you know, asking for too much when you don't know anyone, like so many people reach out to me all the time. And like, I cannot answer those inquiries in my inbox. Like I just, I cannot. So I I wish I could. And I wish I could sit and I'd be answering email all day long every day if I answered every single person who emailed me. So I try my best. And I think that having a thoughtful ask of what you like, 
I'd love to have coffee with you. I'd love to spend 15 minutes. I'd love to get career advice on these three topics. Like be directed in your ask when you're building that network. And I think it will be more effective strategy. I love that being mindful. It's more like a mindful hustle rather than a hustle all, all out. Um, I thought it was spray and pray. Like spray and praying doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the things that I love that you said was that if you were to go back, you would not hire that PR person. Are there any things within your journey that you would say? That's so terrible (laughs) of me to say, but I said Um, are there, is there anything else that kind of pushed you forward or maybe pulled you back? in your journey that you would have changed or kept? I think people is people's everything. And so like, that's a perfect example. Like a lot of times you work with someone and they're about building their own relationships in their own career and not building your relationships and your brand. And so you need to be aligned with everyone you work with. So whether it's a vendor or it's a service provider, everyone has to rely on a network of people to build their company from day one. And so choose wisely, choose your suppliers wisely, choose your, service providers wisely, choose the members of people that end up being part of your team super wisely because that is what's going to create value for your organizations. I feel very strongly that I made definitely made missteps. And I think that what I learned from those mistakes is like, make sure the incentives are aligned for everyone who are around you. Like are people working with you because they want to get ahead and use your network and your relationships to get ahead? Like maybe a perfect example. Literally two weeks ago, a guy emailed me. We're working on like a campaign with this company, external service providers helping us with some stuff. And we have not even launched the campaign yet, but we've been working on it. He literally emailed me. I was like, hey, I noticed on LinkedIn, you're connected to these three CEOs. Can you recommend me? I was like, our campaign hasn't gone live. I don't even know if it's going to do well. Like I have zero idea if like the work that we worked on together is actually of quality and value. And I'm going to see like a return on my investment for this. Like, why am I, you know, introducing you to three more people? Like your agenda is to build is you took my business because you want to get my contacts and my connections. You didn't take my business to grow my brand and therefore our incentives are not aligned. And so you learn these things as you're growing your company and you just have to be completely mindful of like, I'm building Wander Beauty. Wander Beauty is my passion and my excitement in life. I want to solve, I want to streamline women's beauty routines all across the country. I want to solve their problems and their pain points, make them spend more time living their life and less time doing their beauty routine. I want to give them own their beauty routine and give them all aspects of it across color, cosmetics, skincare, and hair and body. And all of that is my big goal for my life. And I'm going to do it step by step and I'm going to innovate in the formula, innovate in the product, innovate in the delivery system every step of the way. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm happy to help people along the way and open doors, but that's what my mission in Wander is. And like, we need to be aligned on that mission first before we do anything else. Absolutely. So let's jump back and talking about the product. So you launched originally with a glow stick. At what point did you guys decide that okay, you've proven a concept and that you decided to bring on other products and what products, how many did you start with? So we did six figures in sales in the first couple weeks of Wander Beauty. And that was just unbelievable. It was just this incredible moment where like, oh, like there is product market fit. And that's something you want to understand early on. As you're building a business, you want to think to yourself, like, am I making a product that I think people will like? Are people actually buying it and voting with their wallets and buying it because they like it, they want it, and they're telling their friends about it? And so that's 
so important no matter what you're launching is like, do I have product market fit? So I launched with one thing and I knew within weeks I had product market fit. People were resonating with the concept of wonder. People were resonating with the original product. And then I said, okay, now let me take the money I made from selling this product and let me put it right back into the business so I can launch more multitaskers. I can launch more fuss-free, foolproof beauty essentials more, you know, skincare essentials that are going to be minimum effort, maximum results. Like, let me deliver the promise of what is Wander step by step. And what products did you end up coming out with then? Was it more, you say more multitaskers, but was it the under eye thing? We actually launched the Baggage Claim Gold Eye Mask um, relatively recently. So it's about a year and a half. And so we first launched with Color Cosmetics because we felt women are more likely and apt to try a new brand when they're trying makeup. It's just an easier, like, oh, I'll try a new concealer from someone or I'll try a new mascara from someone. Like, there's more appetite to try. Like, skin is far more clinical and you're putting it on your skin and you're thinking 20 times about the ingredients. And so we launched with color first. We were very successful with color. We've now launched skin and we're launching additional categories. We've won 19 beauty awards. Um, we won two Allure Best of Beauties and many other accolades, and it's really been focused on product innovation. So we've, we've launched methodically into categories, and what's we've really focused on product categories where there's high retention and high replenishment. So people are retaining into that product because they like it and they keep coming back, and they're continuing to buy it. So you find a great foundation that covers everything and feels like nothing on your face and works with your skin, not against it then you're going to keep and coming back and buying it. And by the way, when it's in a tube and you can travel with it in your bag and um, it has a built-in applicator, you can use it pretty much anywhere, whether you're at the gym or you're at home or whether you're on a trip or whether you're in a car or you're in your bathroom at home. And so we're solving problems with the innovation. And I think that we always think about real women in the context of their real lives, their real pain points and how we can solve them. So that's always been the guiding mission. For the roles of your business, you know, you're talking about innovation. Is it both you and Lindsay that do that together? Is it one person that brings the vision to the other person? How does that work? It's so interesting. We have different things we're passionate about, and we both intersect at PD, and that's really where we spend a lot of time together. So our product development team um, is really homegrown. They really, like, worked with us since the early days, and we kind of, we didn't hire outside people from experts. So we didn't hire anyone from the big beauty conglomerates. We didn't bring in someone. We interviewed so many people, and everyone we interviewed was like doing things the old-fashioned way. They did the way they did them 10 years ago at their job. And we're like, no, like, let's survey the consumer. Let's understand what she wants. Does she want exfoliating body wash, or does she want a body scrub? Like, we're every day we're running surveys on Instagram, on Facebook, everything we're doing really spends, um, we're we're spending time understanding her wants, her needs, and then we're formulating and creating and reacting to that feedback and then putting it back to her and then having her be involved in every single step of the process. So I feel very, very strongly that we are very in tune with our client and our product development is getting ahead of innovation that we believe could be interesting for her and then having her own and be a part of that process with us and also understanding and serving her unmet needs. So you guys are a big brand now. You have a ton of followers. So when you are posting something on social media, do you like this or this? Do you want this or this? Yeah. And you have data to pull from. You said 100%. that many, 
you and we survey maniacally. We survey. We survey via email. We survey via text message. We survey on Facebook, IG polls. Like we're constantly surveying because like that is our brand. That is Wander Beauty. We are invested in a community. We're not a big beauty conglomerate that's spending millions of dollars on collaborations with influencers or celebrities. Like that's not Wander. Right? Wander's about real women in the context of their real lives and solving the real pain points. So we need real data from real women. So you started with a hundred people when you started. So it was probably pulled from friends, family. What do you need? Right. So it's right. people that you now know. our surveys have hundreds of thousands of people. Do you send them emails after they receive product? Is it people that are on the mailing list? Like, because we're always telling people ask one, look at what people are buying. Like you said, they're voting with their wallets. And two, does somebody even want this? And to survey. So again, if they're a small business mm-hmm. out of their home in the Midwest, ask the people around you that are your customers and then growing from there. And a lot of the, some of the things that product people don't know what to do is that follow through on email to consumers. So after they've received the product, getting feedback, getting data, like all of those testimonials or reviews that Amazon does, like how they can use that within their own businesses. So what would you suggest for smaller businesses on getting that data and surveying their customers? The most important thing is to understand the product that you're creating. What is the pain point? Who is the customer? Understand the customer first and then survey that customer. So for us, we didn't know who our customer was going to be when we first started. So we surveyed women 18 to 72 across the country, all skin tones, all ethnicities, all walks of life, all socioeconomic backgrounds. And we're like, let's cast a wide net like, and ask her what are her pain points in her beauty routine. Everyone kept saying, I have too many things. There's one trick wonders. They are bad for my skin. It has phthalates. It has mineral oil. I'm breaking out from parabens. I read that, you know, mineral oil is terrible for your skin. Like, so there's all this information, misinformation out there. So we formulated a brand that's clean and that is actually highly effective. And the number one reason people actually buy Wander is our product performance. Everyone finds the ease of use, the clean ingredients, the travel-friendly nature. All this stuff is helpful. And cruelty-free brand, like, yes, people care about that. But what do they really care about? Does it work? Like, is it freaking great? Because if it's amazing and, like, you put on the dive-in moisturizer and you put it on at night before you go to sleep, it locks in moisture for 72 hours because it has 1% pentavitin in it. and It's a doctor-grade formula that's in a tube that you can take anywhere with you, wherever you want. So you always have to be like, what is my value on I'm giving the consumer, am I innovating? Am I doing something that no one else is doing? Am I giving them a great experience? Point one. And then obviously like the surveys are so critical on determining that. So Divya, can you walk us through your day a little bit? I want to see the twofold, the, the twofold of it, the, your work day versus your home life day. Oh God. So I woke up this morning. I'm supposed to have a press interview with a publication overseas. So I got up this morning about 6.15 I did my morning meditation, drank my water, had my thyroid medicine. The kids woke up, spent some time with them, gave them breakfast, and emptied out my inbox. I was supposed to have the interview, but I work out with Obey Fitness. I have full disclosure, I'm an investor in the company. I absolutely love it. So I don't get time to go to the gym. So I just stream a workout on um, my computer. And I do it on my dining table, and I'm like doing my thing. And my kids are with me and my daughter's doing the workout. My son's doing the workout. We're all like working out together, which is super fun. Um, I quickly get ready to go to go to work. In the morning, I have what I call deep work sessions. So I do all my important work 
um, in the morning when I'm like alert, I'm fresh, I'm well rested and I'm like ready to focus and concentrate. So I clean out my inbox before I get to the office. I don't like to come to work and then have to like be buried under thousands of emails. Like I can't be, I can't do it. Like I have to do all that before I get in. So I get in, I have my meetings. I have meetings pretty much back to back almost most of the entire day. And then I try and leave here in time to catch the end of dinner with my kids um, and then put them to bed. And then I usually just pop back online or on Wednesdays, which today is Wednesday, I have production calls with Korea because we produce in Korea and we have video conferences every Wednesday night with Korea. So I will be on a video conference tonight. Um, I will probably maybe make myself an unhealthy yet simple dinner uh, because it's Wednesday night and I'm working and I crave bad things for me. Um, and then I usually just like, you know, work, hang out with my husband, sometimes go out with friends, things like that. And then, you know, do my meditation and go to bed. But I travel a lot. I'm on the road a lot. I'm so, um, busy, especially during the summer. And I am so happy that my mom happens to be in town and she's on Long Island. So my kids are going to go to tennis camp, um, and spend some time with her, which will give me some late nights to be at work. And that's kind of my routine. I'm impressed that you can meditate morning and night because I have to do have, it. we still have younger kids. Like we both have four-year-olds. Um, she's a nine-year-old. I have a six-year-old and it feels like the mornings are not ours and the nights yes. are just squeak by not working and then trying to get to bed at a relative time. Yes. So you just so prioritize that. I have to do it before they wake up because otherwise they wreak havoc. And my kids, luckily enough, like they don't really wake up before seven or seven thirty. So I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, and they're sleep in the same room on bunk beds and they, I actually put them to sleep really early and people think I'm crazy, but it's what works for me. And I actually think that for them, they're very well rested. And even if they're in bed and they're talking to each other, like they're at least winding down. So I have blackout blinds in the room and I get them into bed at six 30 and they usually fall asleep by like seven ish. And then they get up at like seven, seven 30. And they've been doing that ever since they were born pretty much. Well, that's why you said you can't, you try and get the end of dinner because dinner is really early. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. just like try and get the end of dinner and I'm just like, they bathe before that they eat dinner. Then we like sometimes like read a book together or have an impromptu dance party with Siri on our home pod. Um, so there's a lot of that happening. Amazing. So one of the things that our listeners and our, us ourselves that Jacqueline was also talking about is kind of that balance of bringing in support. You know, we hire out kind of our cleaning or our, you know, our dinner in a way. A lot of times it's DoorDash. What are some things that you do to kind of balance things in the household and what kind of support are you getting team-wise and household-wise? So I believe it takes a village. And I think that anyone who does it themselves, like you're my hero, that's amazing. I can't do it. I work incredible hours, long hours. I, despite the fact of having an amazing team and growing that team, I still work incredibly long hours. And that's just a personality in our business is in a stage of hyper growth. And I travel constantly. So uh, my husband works full time and he works and travels. And so that's, I don't get that kind of help and support that I would love to get from someone who had a career that maybe was less demanding. That's not the case. So um, we have live and help. And that's because at night, sometimes I get stuck at work or he gets stuck at work. And we just need the consistency of knowing that we are not like rushing home to relieve someone. Um, and I travel a lot. And so, so does he. And so we need that kind of other partner to be there and help us. And that's been amazing for us and important for us in helping us build our family. I'm super lucky to have my mother-in-law 
um, close by. She's actually in our building. She just got widowed two years ago and it was a big transition for her to kind of move to Manhattan. But I'm so excited that she has come in to you know, be there. And obviously like she has her own life and she's doing a lot of stuff. But when I'm traveling or I'm working, she can pop in and like say hi for 15 minutes and make sure like the kids are bathed, they ate their dinner, they're, they're, you know, doing their homework. So having that infrastructure, I think, and that relationship in place has been very valuable for me. I've only had it recently. Um, and obviously my mother-in-law's, you know, raised her kids, raised her grandkids and is, you know, not, doesn't want to be, you know, doing any of it hands-on stuff. So that's okay. Um, I, I take what I get and I'm, I'm actually really grateful for it. I think one of the things that I've learned about um, having a family and working is to not have any expectations because I feel like if you have expectations, you get let down. And I felt like when I first had kids, I used to constantly be upset with my mom and be like, I'm working so hard. I have kids. Like I'm traveling. Like, why can't you help me? I don't understand. Like you don't work. Like, why don't you help me? And like, my mom has her life and like, she wants to do her own thing. And so I have realized that having children um, is our responsibility as parents and that it's our responsibility to do the best we can for them and that we shouldn't have tons of expectations on other people and we should just find a way to make it all work and trade off our responsibilities with each other as spouses um, and then also bring in the infrastructure that we need in terms of help and we just make it all work. And I'm lucky that whatever our families do for us, I'm grateful for it. Instead of being annoyed and irritated by how little they do, I'm just grateful for whatever I get. Yeah, that's a changing attitude. Great perspective to, because a lot of us do become, I used to live seven minutes from my mom or no, actually it was like three minutes and it was not what I had expected. So I think if you let go of those expectations, then you can't be disappointed. And I love my mom, but you know, like you said, it's our responsibility and then figure out what works for us. Divya and I are both, uh, I'm just outside of New York city and she's in New York city and I can hear the thunder in your background. And then when it gets to me, <laughs> God. It's not reaching Iowa where I am. <laughs> um, Lucky you. Yeah, so if you guys hear that. So we um, thank you for sharing all of that about behind the scenes because I think all of us, no matter what level we're at, whether you know this is a side hustle to a full-on business with a huge team, we all sort of struggle with where where we place ourselves and the level, like what we expect of ourselves. Um, we like to wrap our interviews with some fun questions, and they're kind of like a rapid fire, just to kind of get to know you a bit more. So you ready? Yes. Okay. So what is your coffee order? I don't drink coffee or tea. I drink water in the morning and sometimes ginger water. Says the beauty expert. (laughs) 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 Um, So what is the favorite thing on your desk? My favorite thing on my desk is my three pound weights. Um, And I use them all the time because I like to build and kind of muscle tone and tone my arms uh, while I'm on lots of long conference calls and in meetings. Mina, you might see me lifting weights on some of the podcasts. <laughs> well, you have that one underneath, don't you? Oh, no, it's not the pedaling one. It's uh, for my stand up desk. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so finish this sentence. When I pick up my phone, I. Um, I hope it's a telemarketer so I can get off <laughs> because I really have a lot of work to do. <laughs> So you just hang up. So uh, here's the next question. You wish you knew how to. I wish I knew how to take a good picture. I feel like I feel like the world is moving in a more visual way. 
And I see so many amazing images on Instagram and I feel like I need to take a photography class. Oh, it's a gift. There's some people that are just gifted at posing and they know how to, you know, stand or pose a certain way. And it's, it's literally a gift. I'm pretty sure one of my daughters was born with it. I won't tell you which one. (laughs) I'm going to look and check it out. Yeah, I don't have that cute cross of like cross legged like <laughs> look at me. I'm always looking awkward in my in my selfies. Um, what was the last show you binge watched? I binge watched Made in Heaven on Amazon Prime and I loved it. And I'm just everyone at work keeps watching Southern Charm and I'm just starting a season one and apparently there's six seasons, so I have a lot of binge watching to do. And what should the title on your signature, on your email signature, actually say? Um, what should the title on my email signature say? It should say chief eating officer instead of chief. chief executive. <laughs> because I literally walk by everybody's desk and eat their food. <laughs> I love it. And then do you have an alter ego or stage persona? So when you have to get on these press calls or whatever, do you have to put on a different, like, you know, you're no, being, that's the irony of me. I'm me all the time. 365 days a year, seven days a week, every year, year in and year out, you get me. And this is unapologetically who I am all the time. And the last couple questions, what is your favorite or most used emoji? Oh my God. It's the woman with the two hands up and then the, <laughs> and, and then the one with like the like laughing tears. Yeah. I use them obsessively and you'll see that on my Instagram. I'm at D Kugani. And if you look at my Instagram, you'll see like I, I use those emojis too frequently. <laughs> and last question. Uh, we like to say that entrepreneur years are like dog years. You learn very quickly in a short amount of time. What would you tell baby Divya and actually baby Lindsay, I guess, in your entrepreneur journey that you know now? I would say trust your gut. I think that there's so many naysayers every step of the way. When we were formulating our first product, retailers were like, where's the collection? Where's the line? And we're like, no, like this is what we want. And there's so much opposition that we have faced in the four years that we have been growing our brand and working so hard on it. But I think that we have always trusted our gut. And I think we've become more strong in that opinion as we've evolved as entrepreneurs. So for, for example, baggage claim, gold eye mask. We talked about this. Like they're incredible. They deep off, they hydrate, they brighten your under eyes. They're super visual. You've probably seen the gold eye mask on Instagram. And when we were formulating them, like one of our retail partners was like, this doesn't make sense for your brand. Like it's so random. And like, it's such an Instagram quickie moment. I'm like, no, like we don't do Instagram quickie moments. Like we solve real problems for real women. Like this actually works. Like if this formula works, you're going to be so impressed with it. Like we have real people who've, you know, been wearing this and using it and testing it. And this is the actual data and the clinicals and the consumer use feedback. And like our gut, like we were like nervous. We're like, Oh, well maybe they're right. It's random. It doesn't make sense. Like, We'll launch it. We won't launch that many SKUs. Like fast forward, we've sold five million plus packets of baggage claim gold under eye masks. Like we trusted our gut and we did it. But that was like two years into having a brand. Had someone given us that feedback two years prior, we might not have launched that product. I think always trust your intuition. You as an entrepreneur, know your customer, know your brand, know what you're trying to create and build, and don't let anyone else's naysaying stand in the way of that. Thank you for sharing that. So tell our listeners how they can connect with you. So your Instagram, Wander Beauty, how do they connect with yeah. the brand? So we're on wanderbeauty.com. That's the best place to get all things Wander, all your fewer, better beauty essentials. And if you sign up for our email, our text messages, you get an amazing offer. We're on Instagram at, at wander underscore beauty. 
And I'm personally on Instagram at, at D-G-U-G-N-A-N-I. So at D-Gugnani. Thank you so much, Javia. It was amazing having you on here. Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for listening, everyone. And we are really excited to tell you that Divya and her team have created a special coupon for all of you to use on wanderbeauty.com. So head over to wanderbeauty.com. And as listeners of the Product Blast podcast, you guys are going to get 20% off your order. So head on over and use the discount code PRODUCTBOSS. That's the discount code PRODUCTBOSS and get 20% off your Wonder Beauty purchase. How exciting. You all know I'm about to go get myself a glow stick and a bunch of other things to make my life easier on the go. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.